from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and good evening. Welcome to Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. Now this evening we are going to be turning again to District 6 and firstly let me just ask you, how was your day guys? Listener, how was your day? You know what, I just came from town today. There was a whole massive thing today in the city. Our president, Cyril Ramaphosa, was there. The roads were closed. There were these... Um, I mean, if you're following the news, you'll, know, you'll of course know why. I mean, it was the big day today of um, remembering, you know, Nelson Mandela's release from prison. So, yeah, President Cyril, President Cyril Ramaphosa was there. He made his speech reminding us, of course, all why we need to, you know, remain committed to the ideals of a democratic South Africa. And then afterwards, there was all this, like, you know marching band things of the military and the police and whatever else in preparation of the state of the nation address so yeah the city was packed cars everywhere because of the roads being closed and so on so yeah i mean i just came from town i spent the day in town today so it was quite a mission to get out of town and yeah just checking in with you listeners what's happening how are you anyway um so yeah there's something else also that's quite important about today uh, today marks 54 years ago when more than 60,000 residents were forcibly removed from District 6 under the Apartheid Government's Group Areas Act of 1950, and many of them, of course, were pushed to the fringes of the Cape Flats. So years and years of promises were made by one president after the next, and yet after 25 years of democracy, there seems to be very little success for the District 6 restitution project. Uh, we do know that about 139 houses have been completed in District 6. Uh, some families, of course, have returned. Now, uh, we know also that the District 6 Working Committee uh, took the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform to court for its failure to implement a proper plan. Now, the District 6 Working Committee's uh, chairperson will be coming into the studio soon to talk to us and give us an update about that because they... And the legal team, you know, and other experts seem to be in agreement with the Land Reform Department's plan. And this plan, which is almost 200 pages, was assessed by the Working Committee team and then presented to land claimants at a meeting at the Castle of Good Hope on Saturday. So we think it's, it's good for us maybe to spend some time unpacking that plan on air to ensure that our listeners are all, you know, up to date. Uh, about that. Um, I'm also looking now at a, a statement, a press statement that was sent out from the District 6 Museum and I'd like to share that with you as well um, because the museum, they had an event today as well. It's a program that included a procession to the memorial can at the last remaining piece of Anova Street and the delivery of a People's Declaration for District 6 as a National Heritage Site at the South African Heritage Resources Agency in Harrington Street. So yeah, I mean, this statement basically says in 2020, we commemorate the 54th year since District 6 was declared a white group area by the apartheid state 
on 11 February 1966. Each year, the District 6 Museum leads a ritual procession to the memorial cairn situated on the last remaining piece of Anova Street. And this has been the focus of ongoing memorialization rituals by the District 6 community since the 1990s. And the focus of this year's commemoration celebrates the official renaming of Zonnebloom to District 6 by the Western Cape Provincial Geographical Names Committee, a campaign which was spearheaded by the museum in 2019. Renaming is a powerful act of restitution, and in the wake of the celebration, we are also turning with renewed focus to the campaign to declare District 6 a national heritage site. So there you have it, a statement from the District 6 Museum, and we will soon go into our various interviews. I just also want to read out the details where you, the listener, of course, can participate with us on the show at any time. Uh, our live on-air number in the studio is 021-442-3530. That is 021-442-3530. You can also send us a WhatsApp to the number 072-238-0712. That is 072-238-0712. And I've just received a WhatsApp from listener 0115 who says, Salam Yazid. Did you have a full house steak and eggs chips Gatsby while you were in town? It's very nice. And I can certainly tell you that that's not going to happen. 2020 is my year of eating healthy, guys. So, Canela, give me something healthy rather. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Welcome back to The Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. And we now have our first guest in studio, and he's Shahid Ajam. He's chairperson of the District 6 Working Committee. And, of course, the Working Committee represents a number of claimants. Shahid, salam alaikum. Good evening. Welcome to Burning Issue. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah, Yazid. And a big shout out to all the VOC listeners out there. Thank you so much. Yeah. And Shahid, am I correct in saying that you represent claimants, people who want to go back to District 6? We represent claimants of 1995. 1998, claimants of 2014, 2016, as well as claimants who are going to claim in future. So that is a hell of a lot of people that we are representing, close to 3,500 people. Okay. Look, just before the break, I had mentioned that the District 6 Working Committee had taken the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform to court for its failure to implement a proper plan. Are there any updates on any court uh, proceedings happening from, from your side? Of course, yes. It, you know, um, I, I just want to put it on record. One of the reasons we took the government to court, and more particularly the Department of Rural Development, is that we avered in our application that they had failed in their constitutional obligations. 
which in terms of section 234 of the constitution they also fail the people in terms of section 72 of the constitution but more importantly in terms of section 257 which speaks directly to people that were dispossessed as a result of past racially and discriminatory laws and practices that's where they failed horribly because the people of district 6 were supposed to have been back in district 6 soon after the court case finished in 1999 already the very first court case and by the year 2005 there were hardly any or there were just a few people in district 6 so it it, it showed them that government had failed in its obligations you know towards those people and of course we must have in mind and 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 think about this, the trauma that the people suffered, the deprivation that they suffered for over 54 years almost, all of those things came into account when it came to the court proceedings. And the judges, the judges, three of them, were very sympathetic towards the cause of the people of District 6. So it's a major, major victory for the people that government eventually landed up in court, that one minister was hit with a cost order, with a personal cost order, and that the court now have become the official overseer of the entire project in District 6, which means for the next three years, um, with the development taking place now in, um, in late November after the groundwork has been done by the city of Cape Town, they must take three years in terms of the plan that was presented now lately on the 17th of December. So is this phase three? No, it will are be we a now? new phase altogether. Okay. What's happening with those houses that, will, that are not done yet? Is it right. What's going on? Yeah. So the phase three um, is the first part of the restitution process. You have phase one, two, and three. They are finishing off phase three for 108 families. Wow. That's apart from the 954 mm. under which, who falls under the court order, right? Okay. So that means all in all, it was a thousand and odd people. Yeah. It was a thousand and odd people. Okay. So, so 108 yeah, yeah. are going to move in very soon. Inshallah. Shayad, let's, let's just give our listeners quickly, because you mentioned phase one and phase two, and I'd like everybody to, of course, understand what we yes. talk about, you know. Phase one, of course, was like the first, what, 24, 25 houses? That That's right. Like, is it 24? What's the correct number? I forget. Yes. Yes. Right, so, yeah, there was the 24 houses, and then there was phase two. Yes. There was like another a couple of houses, and that brought the total to 139. That's right. Right? Right. So, then phase three is across the road. Yes. On the CPUT side. That's right um is it unfinished what's happening well it's um they're busy refurbishing it as you know the, the contractor, first contractor uh, they didn't went bankrupt yeah. and so they had to do some refurbishing some re-renovating so 108 people are going to move in late in 2020 Okay. Right, 108. So Especially those, those who claimed first. When you say 108, you mean 108 units will be built? 108 units will be built. Okay, so that's like homes, like yes. two bedroom, one bedroom, yes. whatever. Yeah. And we would love, you know, it's been so painful for the elderly ones. And especially those that claimed first and who are still alive. They are now 80, 90, right? It would be so, it would be such a wonderful gesture if government could give that 108 to the most elderly claimants that would signal you know really that government cares this time okay and then of course the 954 they can go in the order of who claimed first and the sick in the indigent okay wait wait Shahid Kanala uh, yes. I want us to get confused with the numbers so we got those inshallah later this year people are going to move in right yes. 954 
New development. Next New phase. development, will, yeah. which will be rolled out in seven phases over three years. Over three years? So, okay. Yes. Over wow, three years. that's a lot. Because considering that it's been 25 years and there's only 139 houses, and you're saying over three years it's going to be 954 houses. Oh, well, over a thousand if you count in the 108 that's going to be finished now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So they're rushing to get that 100. So that will be the last of the phases one, two, and three, which falls under the first project. The second and major project is the 954 units. So all in all, at the end of 2023, you would have over 1,200 people living or families living in the 66. Isn't that a beautiful thing? How are these houses being allocated? There's, of course, a list, right? People yes. had made claims since, yes. nine, since 1996 or something, or, yes. right? So this is what the court also ordered, Yazid, that the criteria, and in fact, this is what we asked in our application, that the that the criteria should be that those who claimed first, as from 1995, that would be 75%, and of course, and then the other 25% would be the elder, you know, the elderly people and the indigent and the sick okay. and infirm people. Let's go for a quick ad break. When we come back, we also still have, we want to get the, the government online as well. Live from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. We now quickly want to welcome to the show Calvin Naidu, and it says that he's a technical expert at the Department of Agriculture, Rural Development and Land Reform. Calvin, good evening. Welcome to Burning Issue. Did I get your job right? Uh, yeah, it's close enough. I'll take that. <laughs> what, what, is your, <laughs> what is your right job description? Uh, I'm currently the Chief Director for Rural Infrastructure Development um, at the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform. Okay, cool. So, Calvin, I think what's very important for our listeners, because so many of them have, you know, memories and histories and lives that were essentially removed from District 6. And many, many, many of our listeners are, in fact, claimants as well, you know, who are hoping to return one day to District 6. Can you please confirm for us, are 108 units being planned to be completed in this year for people to return to District 6? Yes, as Mr. Jam alluded to, there's 108 units currently under construction for what we refer to as Phase 3. Um, the expected completion date currently is October 2020, um, and we we don't have any expected delays, so we're still working very hard to achieve that deadline. Yeah. Obviously, our objective is to have 108 families and households restituted by Christmas this year. That's, that's our number one objective at the moment. Oh, wow. Okay. If I may ask, what happened with the contractor? I mean, has any action been taken against the contractor who did not actually finish the project? Yeah, contractors normally sign a construction guarantee at the outset of a contract, and we're in the process of taking them up on that guarantee. There's a legal process that has to be followed for that guarantee to be retrieved, and we are currently completing that. But um, as I think it's commonly known, the contractor secure construction midway through their contract experienced cash flow issues. I mean, that's, 
I think it's quite common in the construction industry currently. Uh, but they were unable to pay some of their subcontractors. The department tried as best as we could to work with them. Uh, there's a lot of repercussions and risks when you terminate a contract, and you can see that now there inevitably leads to a delay, which we didn't want. But eventually it, was, it reached an untenable point for the department, and we, we terminated that contract and then had to reappoint a new contractor to take over. I mean, do they sort of like have to pay back any money because they didn't finish the job? They will. They will be paying back a substantial amount of it. As I said, the guarantee covers the department for losses as well as for time delay. Okay. Penalty. Yeah. Thanks for the clarity on that one. So, how do listeners? I'm sorry, not listeners. Sorry. <laughs> how do claimants? Um, you know, how will units be allocated to claimants? So. The current uh, claims that are being dealt with were lodged prior to 1999's close-up for the restitution process. So these are verified claims. I think, if I'm getting the numbers correctly, there were 2,526 claims initially lodged, of which 1,274 settled for resettlement. So people had the option of claiming to resettle or claiming to take cash compensation, which probably half of them chose to. Um, So the objective then was to create housing for the 1,274. And as you previously discussed, over the duration of the last 20 odd years, uh, 139 units were initially built in phases one and two um, by the District 6 Trust. The department then took over as an intervention initially for phase three, and that's now 108 units that leave 954 units that have yet to be constructed. Okay, and and what's the plan around the one uh, around the 954 units? So the plan was submitted to court, um, and it consists of basically seven phases. Um, I think we're building 954 units in the next three years. Um, at a cost of about 1.5 billion rand, including development costs. Um, we submitted quite a detailed technical analysis of the sites that will be utilized. We've done all sorts of engineering studies um, to establish our estimates and time frame so that we had something that was diligent and coaching um, so we could confidently stand behind it. Um, and we've I think achieve something in, in the sense that we've come up with a plan that addresses a lot of the issues of the claimant community who we've had extensive levels of consultation with over the duration of the last 10 years. Um, we understand the objective of this exercise is not just to hand people over a unit as an asset. Uh, we want people to move back to District 6. So we've we've accommodated for family-sized units. Um, The units that have previously reported were very generous in their sizes and came at quite a premium. And given the final, the the current sort of financial constraints on government, uh, we've had to make some compromises, but we tried to accommodate that as best as we could. And um, the 954 units are all single-story uh, well, single level in the sense that they, they duplexes, row houses, they're not apartments. 
and they allow for for people who take occupation to develop them themselves at their own capacity over time. And I think that is quite a a big thing because if you handle with somebody an apartment, they, they're stuck in there for the rest of their lives, whereas if you give somebody a row house, they have the ability to extend it over time. May I ask the question, I mean, how big are these apartments? I mean, I've been in, 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 in the ones that phase one and even phase two, for example. Um, how big are these units going to be? Because it sounds almost like um, it's going to be smaller. It is going to be smaller. I think the units in phase one and phase two were above 90 square meters. Um, I don't know the exact for each phase, but I know the units currently under construction in phase three um, are around 104 units, uh, I mean, square meters and about 96 square meters. The ones that we're going to be building for phase, well, the remaining phases are currently 88 square meters. Mm-hmm. They're not small. Um, I'll, I'll grant you that they're not as large as the previous phases, but they're not undersized to the point that they're not suitable for a family to reside in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they could be easily, I guess, two rooms, a lounge, etc. Um, you know, what, 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 I, what is so fascinating for us is that in 25 years, 139 units were built. And you're saying as a department that within the next three years, you can build 954 units. What happened? How did things suddenly speed up like this? District 6 has got a long history and the department has only now been sort of given the responsibility of becoming the developer. If you look at the history of the, the, the claim and the settlement process, the department was not designated to be the developer, it's the builder of houses. When the claim was settled in 2000, the department made available $333 million, which is a lot of money back then, 20 years ago, and made available um, the land for restitution housing to be built. It was handed over to the claimant community in the form of the District 6 Development Trust to oversee the development of housing. And to be fair to the trust, I think they, they had a, a mammoth task and they undertook a lot of different a lot of different sort of planning exercises, an extensive amount of consultation was also took a lot of time. And they were responsible for the pilot phase of the hundred and thirty nine units that you referred to. Um, and I think back in twenty twelve there was an intervention by the then minister when lobbied by payments that you know, progress was proceeding too slowly, that the department intervened to take over the developer responsibility at that time only for phase three. Um, subsequent to that, there's now been a court judgment which says the department has the responsibility to act as the developer for the remaining 954 units. But in terms of restitution, the the, the role of the developer was defined differently in 2000 in terms of the 42D agreement that was signed. Uh, the claimant community at that point expected to drive the development themselves through their, their 
designated sort of uh, group which is a trust at the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just want to ask you two questions from our listeners. The one listener says, um, listener 0115, I know that they are also claimants. And the listener says, just to reiterate to our listeners who may just have tuned in only now to the show, how will the units in phase three that's under construction be allocated to claimants? Is there a list of the claimants that's eligible already for those units? There is a list. Um so the, the 954 claimants who have been verified have a claimant number. Uh, the Restitution Commission is overseeing a process for allocation, and we are cognizant of the fact that there are special circumstances. Um, we are cognizant of the fact that there should be priority given to the most elderly. And, you know, claimants who are still alive, um, we, we understand that the, in terms of demographics that the age group of the average claimant now is, is almost a, a geriatric age. So we want to ensure where, where opportunities exist for us to give those units to the elderly will do so. Um, but there is a, a process that has been agreed to also with the claimant community as to how this transpires. Okay. It's, it's not based on any allocation system that the department themselves are imposing. It's something that the claimant community through their representatives that we've been dealing with have agreed to. So it takes into consideration an allocation percentage for the elderly and indigent, but also then beyond that, it's on the first come, the people who were first to lodge claims and be verified onto that list will be the first to be receiving wins. Okay, and then another quick question from listener 9401 says, um, I am on dialysis and I have a problem with stairs. How must I indicate I need a ground floor house? But you already said that all the units will be single story. Well, it depends. The, the units in, in phase three, we have apartment units and we have row houses that have stairs within them. What we tried to do was to uh, allocate, or we will be allocating all ground floor units to people who are disabled, indigent, and elderly. Okay, so the, so it's not like it will just be like a willy-nilly kind of like handout. You will also take into account, for example, like you just said, the health of people. We will be. There, there's a, like I said, there's very extensive levels of consultation that was happening, and there used to be a social facilitation group that represented the claimants that brought a lot of these issues to our attention and we dealt with them um, accordingly and that now has been taken into consideration for the allocation criteria. Mm -hmm. You know, I must say that as a journalist and someone who's been covering covering the story for a number for a few years now, I mean, this is almost surreal, you know, to hear that that the department is saying within three years the reclamation process for District 6 should be wrapped up. Like I said, up until this point, the department was never the developer. Um, the department was the restitution partner. We were providing the funding, but we weren't taking on the responsibility of actually building the houses. Um, now that that responsibility has been granted to us by a court case, the department has to comply. The department has put together a plan in compliance with that order against the department. And, I mean, if there's, if there's enough will and the money is available, 
then it's, it's very possible to build a thousand houses over the course of three years. And I think what happened now is that that commitment now is, is shortcoming from the department side, and we've taken on that responsibility. Whereas in the past, that responsibility was not with the department alone. Yeah. Look, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I think I think something we we have two more minutes before we before we need to wrap up. I mean, I think something that's very important for us to understand is: Are you rebuilding a community, or are you just building houses that will replicate, let's say, the look and feel of the RGP housing structures? No, there's no. The, there's been quite a, a lot of spatial planning work that takes into consideration heritage, that takes into consideration what District Six fabric was and the objective is not to build RDPs and the houses that we are building the standard and the size and the quality of them are certainly not in any way comparison to anything else the government has built before so that that's not a, uh, a fair perception I don't think um, the in terms of spatial planning the street network of the original district 6 will be re-established all the streets that were originally there will be renamed, hopefully. But the character and fabric of District 6 is something that we're very cognizant of in our planning and we're trying to replicate. In terms of the compliance, the, the department's responsibility is for restitution, but we understand that restitution in this case deals with the housing component. But there are plans for the remaining parts of District 6, which include its social fabric, it's yeah. uh, business fabric, all of that. There's, there's a lot of plans that exist, and I think... We'll, we'll, we'll expand on that, yeah. We are going to expand on that in the show and in future, in show, uh, God willing, as well. For now, I need to break for the Maghrib prayer. Um, Calvin, I want to thank you. Our, our listeners need to hear the Adhan now. So thank you so much for joining us on Burning Issue. You're welcome. Thank you very much. From Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Welcome back to The Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. This evening we are looking at District 6 and we have heard before the break from the Department of, let me just get this right because it's a long one, the Department of Agriculture, Rural Development and Land Reform. And um, the person was Calvin Naidu and he had said over the next three years, over seven phases, 954 units are to be built. And he also said by October 2025, Phase 3, which comprises 108 units, will be built. So, and that would ultimately conclude the land restitution process of former District 6 residents who have chosen to be resettled in the area from where they were moved 54 years ago. Forcibly removed, actually, during the apartheid government. So now we are going to welcome another guest on the show, and he's Gerald Elliott, and he's the District 6 Reference Group Chairperson. Gerald, good evening and welcome to Burning Issue. Shalom, uh, Yazid. Well, and I just want to uh, uh, greet all the listeners of uh, Voice of the Cape, but especially to the verified and validated claimant. 
around who the program uh, is based. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So, um, for our listeners' benefit, please just remind us what is the District 6 Reference Group? Um, in short, the claimants, the verified and validated claimants, elected among themselves the uh, ordinary claimants to represent them to take the rest of their restitution forward. And because of the history of District 6, that only 139 houses were built over quite a long period, the people became generally disgruntled. But I'll give context to that. And, uh, and then the, 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 there was intervention by the, the, the minister, the former minister in 20. And when he met the claimant, the claimant elected the reference group to represent them to take their restitution forward. And we came in, 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 we were established in 2012, and since then, up to date, we are representing them. And I'll put give some more fresh to that as we discuss. And, uh, and that's where we are and who we are. Okay. So was the reference group involved in working with the department around the latest developments? Yes. That's a, a clear answer is yes. The department, even in the court papers, uh, recognized that the reference group represents the majority of the verified and validated claimants. Legally and otherwise, there's no doubt about that. And we don't doubt uh, our representativity. And, but that doesn't matter. We know who we represent. We are very confident who we represent. And uh, we have been working with the department since 2012 in a collaborative way to find uh, practical solutions for, for the, the challenges of the restitution of District 6 to bring all our people home. Gerald, now, you know, it's been 25 years, and as I've yes. said previously, only 139 units have been completed. Um, the latest phase three has been stalled because the contractor did not fulfill its contractual obligations. That's right. The department came on the phone this evening on the show. You know, it had quite a lot to say. But do you think this is going to happen? I mean, is it just going to be more empty promises? What's going on? What's your reaction to this? Uh, let me give uh, 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 a direct answer to your question. Is it going to happen? Now, there's a saying which says the proof of the pudding is in the eating. A person, we can, any person can draw many plans and then submit it even to a court of law under the court order. But if government fails from their side, be it, uh, the, and the worst thing that can happen, the, the, the funds dry up or there's no funds available, then uh, we can then expect it cannot happen. Within the, uh, the, the plan itself, especially on the technical side, there's a lot of issues that can delay the plan in terms of the geotechnical uh, issues of the site, um, heritage, environmental impact assessment, etc., etc., all those technical issues. Now, from the expert's point of view, these are... Uh, they're making assumptions, but these are uh, valid assumptions that could possibly delay the site. But we want to bring out if everything uh, is, 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 is equal and government stick to their commitment to provide the funds, have the right expertise in good project management, have the right contractors, quality contractors that will not relay 
on their responsibility because ultimately getting paid for for this from taxpayers money okay yeah then 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 the 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 the, the uh, culmination of the project to bring all the 99 uh, 90 98 claimants home back to district 6 is possible okay so what what are the claimants what is the feeling amongst the claimants that you represent can I just take a little aside because it's so important to give context to this whole issue because every time we hear only 139 houses and we build and that's a fact but we need to acknowledge that all that people know is about the district 6 beneficiary trust and I'm not here to bet for them but I believe in objectivity and balance before the district 6 beneficiary trust established they were the district 6 uh, campaign and they did splendid work, and we have to acknowledge that. We cannot just wipe it away and then just focus on the 90, 139 houses as to say uh, the trust was hopeless or they just couldn't uh, get there. They also had their mighty challenges with the department, and we are aware of that. But that's one context. What happened afterwards, it, it, history will, will judge. Then what was also important in terms of balance, the fact that the, the district is working committee took the government to court because of these long delays. Uh, they played a significant part in getting the court judgment so that government can get the act together. But while that was for the, the litigation was long before the litigation, the district reference group was tirelessly behind the scenes. And I can say tonight to all the claimants, to all the vast community, if government has listened to the voice of the claimants, represented by the reference group in terms of the centrality of the claimant. This plan that the court ordered would have long time be on, on the table and we could have moved faster. Gerald, can you please tell me what is the reaction is the from context. the claimants? Gerald, can you please tell me what is the reaction from the claimants? What are people telling you? Now, this, this is important. Let's start with, the, let's get into what the claimants want to hear. Let's look at the positives of the plan. The positive, it is, uh, it is the mandate that the claimants gave to the reference group, and we submitted that mandate. It was a scientific mandate. And the, 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 and then the RG, on behalf of the claimant, achieved that there's three bedrooms, one bathroom, a kitchen and a dining room, an entrance hall area, a, a, a garage, which they call it in the plan a multi-purpose area. There's a small stoop, a small back garden, and there's, a, there's a future extensions. As the, the part of the garage has, has a slab, and which on top of that, a small extension can be made. And, and in all, in terms of measurement, you will put that question. That is the type A dwelling with a 4,6 meter frontage, and it is the size is 88,44 square meters. Okay, so... But, but there was also three other options. And the, but what is significant, the second most important option was the six meter frontage, and it's equal to 92.78 square meters. Now, that is the size that is currently built inside Q. And even the site pilot phase one and two has even bigger square meterage of over 100 square meters. 
So you can see precedents have been created. And now the, the, 1990, the 954 claimants is now, in terms of the size of the unit, is drawing now the, the, the short end of the stick. And that's not fair. Okay. Uh, but, but in short, how the claimants feel, generally the mandate that government has now put in the plan is in line with the mandates of the District 6 Reference Group. But what the claimants are not feeling happy about is the sizes of the bedrooms. Now, let me explain. The one bedroom is 9.24 square meters. The second is 7.33 square meters. And the third is 7.6 square meters. Like one claimant said, that that bedroom is so small, you couldn't even change your mind. But to be practical, Yazid, uh, the claimants need to understand that while we are positive about the plan generally, the claimants are not satisfied with the small bedrooms. I mean, I now, must admit, when I was talking to Calvin, I had thought that, that uh, in 88 square meters they would fit in two bedrooms. I even specifically remember saying two bedrooms. But anyway, I know the new developments, they just make these very small rooms as well. But I mean, I think, I think what's important for me to understand from your side is just your reaction to this plan and whether or not you believe that government will deliver and what your role will be because you as you say you have been working closely with government so surely you should be monitoring government and 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 you will you be keeping an eye on government to ensure that they deliver on their promise i mean they've said this to us on the record they will be delivering these houses or they plan to deliver these houses over the next three years and by october 2020 they want phase three done um will you be keeping your eyes on government Yes, because uh, Yazid, the, the, the role of the reference group it is now changing from getting to the point where we have now, worked, working with government, put a holistic plan for simultaneous construction on the table for the verified and validated claimant. Our role now will to see that the, the monitoring role, to see that it happens within the court order plan and the, the oversight of the courts, that it indeed happens. So the challenge now for the district is the reference group is to they have to transform themselves to meet the future. And that future is to see that government stick to the commitment they've made so that all our people can be brought home within the three uh, years that Calvin said. Cheryl, do you have any last words before we say goodbye? Yes, I am. Broadly, we must bring hope to our people, but it must not be false hope. I'm 71 years old, and I don't believe, especially old people, that you must lie to them. Rather than tell people the truth and they respect you for it, than trying to tell them a story and it never happened. Our experience in in the past was that so many promises and commitments have been made and it never materialized. And it was a source of great frustration to, to us personally as representatives. And when we meet the community, they ask just one question. Gerald, tell me when are we coming home? And, and we need to be honest with them. But now after all our hard work behind the scene, that uh, the District 6 uh, reference group, and we don't want fame and fortune. All that we want is that the government must be honest, open, transparent and make it happen so that all our people can be home in District 6. And we as the reference group will uh, change ourselves to, to uh, 
uh, monitor the, the, the process that the government has committed to. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Gerald. Thank you for joining us. And that there was Gerald Elliott, and he is the chairperson of the District 6 Reference Group. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. station your radio station our radio station the voice of the cape Welcome back to The Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. We will now turn to our guest in studio, and it's Shahid Ajam, and he's the chairperson of the District 6 Working Committee, and Alderman Maria Nuvo, the city's mayoral committee member for spatial planning and environment. And of course, we want to hear from them around the new development, you know, the proposed development of District 6. We have heard that a total of 954 houses will be built in District 6 over the next three years and 108 units are meant to be completed by October this year meaning that the the 1,274 applicants who wanted to be resettled in the area would have homes to go to. Now Shahid, um, the working committee has been pivotal in working with the relevant government department on this. Tell us a bit about this plan, this 200, almost 200 page plan. Yes. What is District 6 going to be? What's it going to look like? Right. What's in this plan? Let me start at the beginning, Yazid, and I'm saying this for purposes of clarity and transparency. Yeah. Every group that has been involved in the redevelopment of District 6 since the year 2000, after the first court case, we commend them starting with the District 6 Beneficiary Trust. Moving on to the reference group, we commend them for the hard work and their valiant efforts. As you've heard from rural development this evening, in the form of Kevin, what went wrong? But right now, government, the department itself, is the developer. There were other developers before, and that didn't pan out so well. Mistakes were made by everybody concerned. I mean, I must, I must commend Calvin. I mean, he was very open with of us course. this evening. He was just they heard it from the, the horse's mouth. Saying this is, yeah, it came straight from the horse's mouth. That is the plan in our application to court that we wanted the court to rule over. How long will this take? We wanted to be three years. They complied with that. Which milestones will you reach? during that three-year period and reported to the court. They've complied with that. This is the amount of funding after we've done the costing, 1.5 billion. They complied with that. In terms of the criteria, who were moving first, government complied with that on the 17th of December 2019. So the working committee should be, I think, also commended by all the other groups for the valiant effort that we made to take government to court to get justice at the end of the day. 
Firstly, for the 1995-1998 claimants, the 1,200 odd who are left, yeah. of which the 108 will move in, as you heard Kevin saying, we spoke of December. We spoke of December 2020. He speaks of October 2020. So that's great. Yeah. And then I mean, he, he, he said completion by October 2020, moving in by Christmas. Exactly. Yeah, that's what he said. And here's the beautiful part. We also ask that the court become the official overseer. The court has oversight over this thing. Those were the things that were granted, not only to the working committee, but to everybody concerned in District 6, including the groups, the reference groups, the trust, but more importantly, the people. The judges emphasized when they made the ruling and when they gave ultimatums to the previous minister, it's about the people here. Yeah. So come 54 years later, were there any winners? If you look at what the what the idea was of the previous government to move in white people into District 6, that never happened. They built a university. No kids came to that university. Nobody moved in. So we must also thank white people for thinking of us and not moving into District 6, which they could have done. Right? Okay, Shahid, I have specific questions now because I need to address something. Gerald has repeatedly said they are representing legitimate claimants. I need to correct him there. I want to do under this is the question I yes. this is this raises the question then. Is yes. that kind of saying that you are not a representative? That is not a hundred percent correct. Uh-huh. And I must gently but first of all let me say to him good evening, Gerald Elliott. And good evening, Kevin. It was nice to hear your voice tonight. And I hope we can definitely work together, Mr. Elliott. It is so of paramount importance that the reference group, the working committee and the trust work together in future. This is our appeal once again for I don't know how many times, but it's time in view of what is happening in court now and in view of what has unfolded in court, the time is right for us to work together. I mean, you all have the same goal. Of you course, go back the to same context. goal. But the question remains then, is this, is, I mean, you are obviously representing people and are those legitimate claimants? Right. When Minister Gugli and Quinty came on board, as they quite rightly concurred and agreed with each other, that is Mr. Elliot and Mr. Naidu, that the claimants then opted to represent themselves. So they were taken away from the trust and the reference group was formed, which was the brainchild of Minister Gugli and Quinty, calling themselves the reference group. So they became the reference group. So they, so they, so they represented themselves. Right? So they inherited all those claimants, or most of it anyhow. And they themselves were claimants. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a fine line here that we have to draw now. Right? So they were working closely with Minister Googly in Quinty and his team in Pretoria. And we commend them for the plans and all of that. Yes. But that was not the alpha and the omega of it all the court case determined finally now who do the working who do we represent the working committee as time went on after 2013 when the working committee was born and people as Gerald quite rightly pointed out people became frustrated also with how slow the progress was going with the reference group 
and they became disillusioned and the working committee was making a lot of progress, they walked over to us. They signed special powers of attorney legally, which was drawn up by legal experts. So at this moment in time, the reference group represents a part of the 1995-1998 claimants and the working committee also represents a part of the 99 and we are growing stronger by the day but so but the, 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 the new claimants that you represent are you saying that even those people could potentially go back to district six that's the beautiful thing and i'm sure that alderman nivel will also expand on that the constitutional court in 2016 made a ruling and this is important for everybody they must listen and digest this it rendered the Amendment 2014 Restitution Act as invalid. But the more than 1,000 claimants who had claimed and got in at Mowbray, particularly, whom the Working Committee represents almost most of them, or all of them, more than 1,500 people, their claims were deemed to be valid. And in the plan that was submitted to court now, Provision land has been set aside for those 2014-2016 claimants, those who claim between 2014 and 2016. Is this so in addition to... In addition to the, the 1995. Because the, the, the original number as we have here is 1,274 yes. claimants who want to be resettled. That's of the old 1995-1998. there was yes. a period where government said, you've been dispossessed. We want to have justice in our land. Come, yes. So that is yeah. of the last 954 people. And under the, but I'm talking about people and land that was set aside for them. 2014, those that claim with the, when the amendment act came on in 2014, right? Then it was closed in 2016. But those claims got in more than 1,500. Now let me tell you the beautiful thing here. 13 hectares, as per the plan, has been set aside where they're going to develop now for the 1995-1998 claimants. Another 13 has been set aside for the 2014-2016 claimants. Nobody loses out. But the priority, of course, Yazid, is that it goes first, we have to look to the 1995-1998 claimants as per the court order. So we will build together with government. If I say we, I mean the community and all the other stakeholders, like the city of Cape Town, like the Department of Human Settlements, like the Department of Works and Infrastructure. These are the role players. These are the stakeholders now. Now. Is so that an additional amount? This 2014 to 2016? That's payment? an additional amount. And Because Calvin didn't mention any of that. No, that's not in the plan. Okay. The plan. Not with this court case. The court was focused on the. 94. Uh, sorry. 95 the 1995, 1998. Yeah. But the minister, being generous, and we must commend her, Mr. Kodidiza, also with her technical team, had made provision for what they call the late claimants, the 2014-2016 claimants. So there's enough land in District 6. But here's the beautiful thing, and this is why, once again, on behalf of the people of District 6 and the Working Committee, a special purpose vehicle must be created, or many special purpose vehicles. We call it SPVs, right? Are we only looking now then at just resettling people in District 6 without an economy? 
No, that would be suicidal. Then why bring the people back from the townships now? And there's nothing for them in District 6. Are we going to give them 954 units and 108 units and leave them without an economy? And this is where the people have to become and think industrious. We have to become self-sufficient. So what do we bring to the party, we the claimants? Imagine you're going to get, hopefully, a 10-year holiday for rates and taxes. Are you going to sit back in your porch and wait for the sun to set? Or are you going to become industrious, maybe start a bed and breakfast, maybe let your grandson become a tourist guide, all of these things. And this is what we want to talk to the other groups about. We are not selfish. The working committee only initiated the legal processes to get this thing to be stopped once and for all, the dragging of it. We got all the parties together, the city of Cape Town. We got human settlements for the first time, and this is unprecedented, that all levels of government are now sitting together working for the greater good for the people of the city. I want to get through very specific questions. We also have questions yes. from our listeners. I must say this is really amazing news that you're saying. To any people who claimed from 2014 to 2016, 1,500 people, let me just get this right. Are you saying these people are going to get homes in District 6? Oh, eventually they will. As soon as this development yeah. is underway and almost completed, we are looking. Definitely, we've had talks, high-level talks about this. Is this confirmed this. in court documents? No, that's not in the court documents. This is confirmed in high-level governmental talks of which the Working Committee is a part of. Okay. And this is why I'm saying to Mr. This Elliot, is not just a political promise, because you know people's this lives... Is not a no, this is not a political promise. I'm telling you the plan itself. It's amazing. Presented by the minister on the 17th of December speaks to 13 hectares for the 2014-2016 claimants. I mean, they emphasize this even in the reconciliation um, you know, meetings and consultative meetings they had with the other groups, including the working committee, over the last six months. Right? So we must not forget that. And let me remind everybody, District 6 was not about a certain group of validated people. District 6 was about 71,423 people whose lives were disrupted forever. Let's put the politics aside. And that's aside. why it's so you nice. Know what? Let's put the politics aside. Yes. And let's get to logistics because people are asking questions, you know. Yes. And I also want to get the city. I mean, Marina, you should not have come all this way if you're not going to speak to us. <laughs> we need to, we need you to talk to us yes, as well. To talk. So yeah. you are from the city of Cape Town. And of course, you are the mayoral committee member for spatial planning and environment. What do you make of all of this? Suddenly you're going to get more residents in the city. Slap bang. District 6 is coming home. More uh, people are coming to live there. What do you make of this? Oh, they're more than welcome. <laughs> now, um, I'll speak to... Uh, a lot of people and I think that we need to have the following in mind uh, although we come back to District 6 we also need to recognize that we're actually Cape Townians and we're coming back home that's what we're uh, doing uh, District 6 happened to be a part of the city of Cape Town but we are first and foremost Cape Townians who's coming back okay and now when it comes to logistics, um, suddenly more people will be living within the, um, you know, the city centre. Well, you can say practically almost the city centre. Mm -hmm. um, what, like municipal service and, and, and these kind of things need to be delivered as well? I mean, what's the city's forward thinking on this? A 
part of the, the court case is that the uh, department needs to forward the, the amount available, the budget available. And part of that is the, uh, the more detailed studies has been alluded to. Those numbers have been uh, alluded to. There was uh, a number of meetings between the working team and our, the city's uh, officials. Uh, we are waiting on the final uh, numbers to be included in the 2021 budget. So it, it's as from June this year. Uh, the infrastructure budget will be in budget. Uh, we've already have budget uh, on the current budget for the public realm um, thinking and participation process. Uh, maybe, um, I don't know if uh, Shahid have alluded to it, but uh, the main um, lines that we want to draw is that the Hanover Street will become the activity node, the business node, and that we are earmarking uh, Constitutional Street to be the public realm uh, because it's possible to have a linkage on all the public open spaces where we can commemorate but also uh, creating the community come together and enjoyment uh, that they so often foster and romanticize about. This word commemorate, that sounds so interesting. You just opened up a whole new conversation <laughs> because suddenly now, because when you walk in District 6 now, there is nothing of no. the past. It's all new houses. There's nothing there that indicates, apart from what the District 6 Museum does at CPUT, there's nothing in the space that says this is who we were. I mean, elaborate maybe briefly on commemorate. I mean, I'm sure it's only ideas for now, but please share with us. Yeah, no, we, uh, I've got ideas, but hopefully the, uh, the community uh, got better ideas than uh, what we have. Uh, we are aware that the department, uh, National Department, Calvin, and his team have applied for uh, at uh, Western Cape Heritage for the permit to remove the, the rubble. Uh, and out of that rubble, there will be a lot of memories, a lot of emotions. And You mean uh, artifacts, things that were in the homes that were demolished or what? I've got no idea what they're going to find there, but I think that's a logic that there will be some things uh, from some homes. Uh, I hope that there uh, will be. Now, uh, from our side, uh, we are investigated to uh, similar to the... Um, the East Berlin Wall that we erect a, a wall of commemoration where we can actually um, put those um, mementos like, yeah. on it and the idea is that we at least have a, uh, a event so that people can uh, either tell their stories, tell their emotions but we want to expel, uh, expel the hope, not the disaster of, of the past. Uh, we need to get a District 6 that is spelling prosperous future, hope, uh, creation, self-sustainability. Uh, and within the district planning process, we will make sure that everybody got their say and they will be invited uh, to make sure that they've got their say and be part and parcel of how do we remember uh, the past without um, acknowledge the possibility of the future. Let's take a quick ad break. When we come back, let's answer some questions, but also Shahid and maybe Mari, you both can talk about how sort of like commemoration could play, play a role, because I'm sure you've got thoughts as well, Shahid.
station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. So we are talking to uh, various role players in uh, the rebuilding of District 6. And I just have another question for Alderman Maria Nevo. She's the city's mayoral committee member for spatial planning and environment. Marian, exactly how is the city involved in this rebuilding process? Because earlier it sounded like the Department of Agriculture, Rural Development and Land Reform was the key role player. You know, um, we've had Calvin saying that they're going to be funding the project. Um, it's going to cost another one point five billion rand. So, how is city involved? Maybe we start at the beginning. The um, city have put at this stage uh, forty two hectare land in in the pocket. Uh, this need still need to get to the party, but the city is responsible for the public open spaces, the re, uh, public realm, and then the spatial planning per excellence, and then the provision of the infrastructure. But that will be de- uh, depend on the impact studies that the department still needs to be done. And when we talk about infrastructure, what specifically <coughs> are we talking about? Uh, at this stage, uh, the uh, forecast is that we need uh, a stormwater is a, a serious problem. I think all of us know that it's a complicated uh, site uh, with a lot of water available. So we, we need to think about uh, water-wise, and if we get, at least from the city side, our uh, wish, it would be open water sources and not channeled water sources, because we want to commemorate the, also the absolutely unique environment circumstances in uh, District 6, but also the nuances from uh, the past of the people. You know, uh, Cape Town haven't been established only by uh, the Dutch arriving. There was people before them, and we want to recognize uh, them as well. Uh, Just to make it clear, we are in the planning process, and the people will all get the invitation uh, during the first week of March for a meeting in March, uh, setting a workshop uh, ambiance on what it is the District 6 that we we are seeing. Uh, and maybe I know I've had some questions about how do we going to um, curb the um, gentrification of District 6. And I always ask, uh, well, you need to decide, uh, District 6 returnees, do you want to have a prosperous District 6 or do you want a museum District 6? I think the District 6 museum is doing well. Uh, but we need to can decide. You please, can you please clarify about curbing the gentrification? Because, I mean, we are seeing new developments going up there right now. Can you please clarify that? I think there's a, a, a fear amongst the claimants that they will not be able to afford the, the rights. But there is a, a, a property rights uh, uh name it holiday for claimants that they don't pay uh, rights for the first 10 years and thereafter the city do have a uh, policy in place where the rights is not only dependent by the the value of your home but also the income of the household 
So um, there is uh, leverage that we can work for, uh, forward. But, you know, I think a lot of our people are in poverty. And uh, we need to make it as easy as possible for them to to utilize the opportunity to be so, uh, also financially self-sustainable. Okay, let's acknowledge some of the WhatsApps because our listeners are an are important part of the show. We have received a message all the way from Rio de Janeiro, actually, and it says, Hi, I'm Kao Grimaski Lecrant from Rio Grande in Brazil. I'm autistic and I'm hooked up with Voice of the Cape. Hugs, my dear friends. Thank you so much for listening to our show. And I can see that you are sending a WhatsApp all the way. I can see this country code is definitely in Brazil. Now, um, it all, now let's go to questions from some of our listeners and let's see if we can answer them. Um, listener 7525 says, are the, are the 108 names for the third phase available? Well, as Kevin had said earlier on, that rural development is busy. They have got names that they are busy putting down. And I'm sure that if they pose that question directly to the minister and her team in time to come, they will be able to answer that. But like I said, these people, and as Kevin also said, they have been verified and validated. All they need to now do is to put those people into the proper order as to who's going in first. The, you know, the point was raised that maybe we should like for that 108, which is going to be finished this year, maybe put some elderly ones, those that have waited for over 20 years, those, are, those that are 90 and almost 100 years old. You know, let's restore their dignity. And then when we come to the 954, we can look at the criteria of first come first. Yeah, I mean, here's listener 7183 actually disagreeing with that idea. The listener says, I'm a claimant from 1998. And with all due respect, I don't agree that the elderly must get first preference as who will stay with them, their children. What age must you be to be elderly? House must be given to you according to the claim number. That's a thought of one of, one of our listeners sharing that. And, I mean, this is a public platform. It's a community platform. We, we welcome all kinds of, of ideas and, and, and comments, you know. And the purpose of me welcoming people is so that we can hear from claimants and from the community, hear your voice on the radio. Um, in fact, our lines are still open. You can give us a call live on air. The number is 0214423530. We have about six minutes left of the show, six or seven minutes. And then we also have a WhatsApp line, 0722380712. So, um, listener 2882 wants to know, what is the contact number to find out where we are in the line? We lodged in 1994. And, of course, the response is kind of similar to what you've already said. The department is going to make that information yes. ava available. I want to expound the Yazid on the on the elderly claimants. Okay, so if they're going with first come first serve, then why don't we build a diamond retirement village within the 42 hectares for the elderly claimants, those who can't look after themselves anymore? Would they then agree to that? Let's say we put 108 people and we convince the minister, together with the city of Cape Town and all the other ministers, let's build a diamond retirement village, okay. a self-help scheme, you know, on par with international standards. They will have their aides and their nurses. Let's do that. So nothing is a done deal here. And the beautiful part is, like Alderman Nivot said, and like Kevin had said, 
Let's work together to come up with the holistic plan. Right now, it's just a difference of opinion amongst the claimants, right? But let's all sit together. And this is what I like about the inclusive public participation processes, which is going to be rolled out. Yeah, right. let's, let's just let's just quickly go through all the messages. So, Mr. Nwardin, it says I'm Mr. Nwardin, and the, the the messages are coming through fast. Listeners, why didn't you send messages earlier? I have like two minutes, three minutes left. You have the whole two hours to message us. Let's go to ten o'clock. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> we have a call. A call. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Burning Issue. Assalamu alaikum. Okay, Titi, I can die on what over Titi. It must to go on in 2016. So, to hear the Constitutional Court say for the government, the National Council of Provinces. Caller, please just put down the phone. We do have other callers coming through. Listen to Shahid on air. Right. So they were given two years. Hulle was twee jaar gegeet die constitutional court om die act te amend, right? Of, en hulle moet die 1995-1998 claimants klaarmaak. Al twee was gegeet twee jaar. So ons wacht nou vir die nieuwe president Cyril Ramaphosa om die bill, die amendment bill, restitution bill te sign, so dat die mense wat nog nie by Mowbray was nie, dat hulle kan ook nou opkom. Okay, so hopefully there will be a chance for people to yeah. claim in future. We are now going to have to take our last caller. Caller, assalamu alaikum, welcome, welcome to Burning Issue. You are live on air. Assalamu alaikum, Yazid. Walaikum well, salam, Yazid. Uh, Mr. Ajam and everybody in the studio. I've listened intensely to this program tonight. First of all, I'd like to ask Mr. Ajam, the court ruling, was it only around the 954 claimants? If it was, at the meeting of the 13th of December, where the minister was in the city hall, that was when that 954 claimants was invited to participate and give their input on how they feel about the plan. It was evident that the people was not happy with the size. That was the first thing. I was at the meeting and the Sajan can say whether it's true or not true, but that is what I witnessed. Secondly, I want to also reiterate, the ruling is around the 954 claimants. Now, the jubilation and the party that is going to happen on Saturday, I think, is it was at 9.54 claimants that was at the city hall? That's another question. Then, um, it was all due respect to the lady, I don't know what her name is, Marianne um, Devote or something. When you discuss the spatial planning and what is going to be good or not good for District 6, please talk about it with us, with the people who were born here. I would appreciate that. Very much so. Okay, shukran there to Auntie Asa. What is this party of Saturday? Okay. 
First of okay, all, firstly, I want firstly, to say yeah. assalamu alaikum uh-huh. to Auntie Isa. I know her very well. In fact, I grew up in front of her in District 6. Her father was my rugby coach, the late famous Buddha Malik van der Ford. Let me answer the first two, you know, the first two questions. The meeting that the minister had where I was invited because the District 6 Working Committee being the applicant in the court, in the court case was eligible to be in that meeting. I'm not going to say what happened in that meeting, but I think amongst the claimants in that hall that day, there was a little bit confusion about the size. Now, if you heard tonight what Kevin had said and what Gerald had said, there's very little difference in the size. But here's the beautiful thing. The 954 claimants are going to get an apartment and a piece of land where they can expand themselves the phase one and two people can hardly do that although they may have bigger rooms and bigger space in their homes but they won't have the same luxury I think the fact is people were unhappy they were unhappy but now tonight that was clarified so tonight that was clarified by the department of rule Saturday what's up What's happening Saturday so night? So everybody she said it's a party. Now Saturday is not Jubilation a party. Jubilation or something, yeah. Subhanallah, <laughs> ma for that word. It's not a party. We okay. are going to come. We are, in fact, invitations went out to everybody, and I'm sure the city, also being a partner, has sent out invitations to all the leaders, right? So here's the thing, Yazid. This is not a party. We're going to commemorate the pain of 54 years ago. We are going to speak where about is the it a public event? Where is it? Is it a public it's, event? It's at the castle. Okay. And everybody is invited. It's not limited to 954 people here. What time and It's Saturday the 15th, this coming Saturday, from 10 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. Everybody is invited, all affected people. But yeah. we're also going to speak about the future. Minister Patricia Delal will be there. Minister Toko Didiza will be there. The mayor will be there. Alderman Nivod will be there. You know, all the other leaders have been invited. This is what we call yeah. reconciliation. We need and we're to going to speak up. about the future. Yeah. Yes, yes. I want it. that clear. Yeah. Look, I mean, can you see the time? It's like really time to go now. <laughs> shukran so much. <laughs> so, listeners, shukran for joining us and burning issue. I'll be, I'm, I'm not back next week. I'm taking a break from the show. But to our guests, thank you so much, Marina. Bye, thank you. Shukran for everyone who came on board. Shukran for the callers. From myself, Azid Kamaldin. Assalamu alaikum. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo.